listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. This is the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this week's episode is for January 10th. 2024 Wednesday as usual uh, thank you for joining us for this particular episode of the show uh, episode 103 my good friend Joel Tippett returns to the show it's always great to have Joel back on and to uh, catch up with him we talk about the Rose Parade it's Rose Parade season you know technically the Rose Parade actually happened about 10 days ago on January 1st but uh, it's always a big deal here in the city of LA uh, particularly the city of Pasadena. And as you know, from previous episodes, Joel absolutely loves Pasadena. Uh, what's interesting to learn is that his family is very much involved in the production of the Rose Parade. His dad got to serve as the president a few years after my bike, my boss, Mike Matheson did. So it was, it was great to catch up with Joel to hear about his experience getting to be part of the parade that year and that his father served as president. Uh, and then, of course, we also talk about the Peshmo news because the Peshmo is our favorite band. Anytime there's any news related to the band, we, we always want to talk about it. So last month, December 13th was on December 13th was the Peshmo day here in L.A. So we got to talk a little bit about that as well. So, again, it's always fun to talk with Joel and I hope to catch up with them again very soon. OK, so this is episode 103 of the show with uh, Joel Tibbet talking about the Rose Parade and the Peshmo day in 2023. So returning to the show, it's my good friend, Joel Tibbet. Joel, how are you doing? And uh, Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year, Albert. Uh, I'm doing well, thanks. And uh, hope, hope uh, you had a, had a good New Year and a Merry Christmas. And Oh, thanks. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, the family I, I, is doing healthy and well, and I hope you guys are too. So Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So for, for this show, I, it's the beginning of the year. It's January. It's the perfect time to reflect on the Rose Parade, which is you know an institution for the city of Los Angeles, more specifically the city of Pasadena, which we both know and love very well. Uh, so I wanted to get your family's take on the Rose Parade itself, your family's experience with it. And for listeners who aren't aware, Joel's dad got to serve as the president of the Tournament of Roses back in 2018. Was that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. January 1st, 2018. So so obviously your family has been very closely uh, associated with the, the Rose Parade for many, many years. So I'd love to hear just uh, inside experience from what you can share. Because, again, I, I think so many people love the parade and love the Rose Bowl game, but maybe don't necessarily know all the ins and outs. And then last year when I got to talk to our former boss, Mike Matheson, uh, I thought it was very informative uh, to get his take on it. So I'd love to hear what you have to say as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I kind of agree with Mike in that, uh, you know, it, it could be a, a semester's worth of uh, information that we could uh, dole out here. So, uh, you know, I'll shorten it up as much as I can. But, um, you know, just a brief history. Um, the parade was 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 basically, um, you know, a, a group of people from Indiana came and to Pasadena and decided to show off the um uh, beautiful winters we had in the area and that we didn't have as much snow and we could grow roses and uh, they decided to throw a big party of roses 
the original parade back in uh, 1890 uh, actually only had a group of 250 spectators, uh, which, you know, for the time was a pretty, pretty substantial group of people. But considering um, they estimate that uh, anywhere from 900,000 to a million people uh, line the parade route uh, on any given year now, uh, you know, we've grown substantially. Mm-hmm. And um, the original parades definitely had uh, a different vibe to it as it only had a few, uh, you know, horse carriages decorated with flowers and wasn't nationally televised. Um, and then they followed up with the tournament, um, you know, being these these carriages decorated with flowers with uh, shows. So they would do um, ostrich races and uh they'd have an elephant and a camel race at one point and uh you know all these weird things that they could do they had a chariot race um for one year uh and then in 1902 if i remember correctly they did the first rose bowl game uh that was michigan michigan and stanford um so it was kind of cool to have michigan this year in the 135th parade or fifth game um and uh of course michigan destroyed stanford in in that year so they stopped doing that <laughs> you know they, they didn't think a football game was uh necessarily the the way to do it um so you know they had more chariot races and things like that uh from 1908 1911 um and then they brought the rose bowl game back um, I want to stop but, you right there just for a second, Joel. I forgot to ask Mike about this because he had mentioned that as well. Uh, just basic, a comment, basically, that it's so awesome to me and also just really weird and kind of like crazy to think that they were doing chariot races back then. I mean, not like to the death, like the Roman gladiators, but the fact that they're actually doing chariot races as far, far back as just over 100 years ago is still really crazy to me. Yeah, no, it, it was, uh, it's impressive. It's something that, uh, you know, I, I understand that uh, animal rights activists may not uh, agree with it at this point, but, um, you know, I, I, I've commented to uh, a few people that, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun to bring stuff like that back. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, there was a tug of war, uh, you know, one of the first years where there was all the spectators um, took place, took part in that. So, you know, there's like weird things like that, that we just, you know, don't do anymore but it would be pretty cool but um yeah to, to fast forward a little bit after all that you know got established and whatnot um i don't recall it the exact year but i think my grandfather uh was the first one in our family to be involved in the tournament that was the 1960s um and so he joined uh you know and then as soon as my dad was uh able to join he also uh, joined and they overlapped for a few years until my grandfather um, uh, eventually aged out, uh, which you can do in the tournament. Um, and it, it, that's a moving target. Uh, uh, it was 65 at one point. It is now 70. Uh, I think this year we're going to move it to 72. Um, so you, you can age out. You can join at the age of 21. Um, so just to kind of I think my dad joined at 21. I joined at 21. Um, you know, but I've been involved in the in the parade my whole life. But uh, as far as a family goes, we we basically have been involved for about 60 years now uh, of the 135 parades. And um, yeah, I, 
I think it's a blast. I think it's a great time. I think it's, 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 it's a great community. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I just kind of going back to what you were asking originally to begin with, um, you know, what, what my dad did, uh, and who he was in the tournament, um, he's now been involved for 44 years, I believe this year. Um, it took him 28 years, um, to become part of the executive committee. His parade was 20, 2018. Um, so he was the president from 2017 to 2018 and, um, his grand marshal was Gary Sinise, uh, better known as Lieutenant Dan, yeah. <laughs> uh, from, uh, from Forrest Gump, uh, you know, amongst other things, Yeah. but, um, but, um, yeah. He, um, so Gary Sinise lived in Pasadena. He had a, a working relationship or a history with the tournament. Um, so, you know, he, he obliged uh, to the, to being a part of it. Um, it allowed him to kind of take part in, in showcasing his uh, foundation. Uh, my dad's theme was making a difference. Gary Sinise uh, has a veteran um, run organization um, where he promotes and, uh, you know, helps push um, fun funding for uh, veterans that come back from war and, you know, are, are down on their luck and whatnot. And so he, you know, he helps raise money for them and uh, support veterans. So um, I think it kind of went hand in hand and it was a good, it was a good theme, uh, you know, when, I don't want to say hey, I'm pretty biased. So I wouldn't say it was the best theme. <laughs> you know, they all have uh, you know a good a good message to them, and I think they all promote a, a really good um, uh, you know a good message for the New Year's for the world to see. Um, and that's really what the parade is about: is to just be able to showcase, you know, uh, the importance of of whatever the theme is the the children's dreams, wishes, and imagination. Uh, music, you know what? All the all the different things we've we've promoted over the years. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, I would imagine that your family's love for Pasadena is probably one of the main driving forces as to why you guys have been so involved with the parade. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I I know I can't speak for my my predecessors there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, for myself, I definitely. Uh, definitely have a, a love for Pasadena. Um, you know, feel free to to cut this out if need be. But uh, doing some research here, I've I've found we are one of the originating members of the city. Uh, one of the one of the first people born. Um, you know, post um, taking the land after the Mexican American War. Uh, so, you know, I, we do have a foundation in, in the city. And so it is of interest to me um, and something that drives me to continue volunteering. So, Oh, awesome. Awesome. So going back to the year that your dad was president, uh, when I had Mike on last year, he kind of got to dive into the responsibilities and all the work that goes into that year of planning and preparation to prepare for the big day. Uh, for your experience, do you remember much about what your dad had to do? And were you at all involved in helping him or organizing anything at all during that year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, 
so as a family, he wanted us to, as a family, decide the theme for the year and give our input. Uh, so I remember quite a few hours as a family sitting there um, with a group of uh, artists that basically we sat and talked about the different options for the theme, uh, different wording for how we wanted it to be worded. Um, it, it's a long process. Um, I think, I think that as a family, you know, we really, we really think that it's important. You know, I don't know that the world receives it as important as we believe it to be when we're writing it out. But, um, you know, you, you spend a lot of time trying to pick the best wording for something and you're trying to fit an entire idea into uh, a sentence. Um, so I know with Mike, find your adventure, you know, you, you're really trying to cram um, an entire ideology into three words. Uh, and so it's hard to find the best three words to, uh, you know, allow the entire world to get the same message that you're trying to uh, portray. So yeah, we spent hours making the the theme image. Uh, we they gave us a bunch of different options, and I think that was a couple of weeks actually, um, because you sit at this table and the artists go, okay, so what do you want? And you know they they give you a bunch of ideas, and then you say, yeah, that one looks good, but can we do this? And then you come back the next week, and they they have a new idea and all that. Um, so for the theme, that that took quite a bit of time. As far as the rest of it goes. You know, I was a 17-year-old kid, um, and so uh, the rest of the year, I didn't really get involved as much in uh, the tournament. I, at least the working part that my dad and Mike took part of, mm -hmm. um, I was I was actually involved in uh, working for the float builder at the time, so... Um, I was actually in charge of helping build one of the floats. Um, so, you know, and then of course, when my parents were out of town uh, in charge of making sure there were some really good house parties being thrown, uh, you know, at my parents' house. So um, <laughs> that was, that was about it. As far as my side of the story goes, um, you know, I, I don't think, I think Mike probably spoke on a little more of the diplomaticness, uh, the delegation that the president gets to take part in. Um, but I think, I think there's a lot of travel involved uh, as far as from my perspective, as far as a member's perspective, looking at the president, you know, we don't see them leading we don't see the leadership that actually is involved in being president. We just see, uh, you know, a figurehead, a dignitary kind of thing, uh, almost like the president, right? Mm -hmm. you, you see laws being enacted. You see, um, you know, them going to different countries and showing up in places, but you don't actually see all the work that that in, is entailed in signing documents and speaking with people and all that stuff. Um, and I think the, the tournament is just a small version of, of the American presidency kind of deal. So, 
No, very cool. Very cool. You uh, know, Joel, you had mentioned before about like building a float for that particular year. I do remember, you know, all the years that we've been friends and former coworkers that you had mentioned before that you actually got to volunteer and help, you know, decorate floats, be a part of that. I know lots of people have done that in the past. Uh, for you personally, I know you got to do it at, at a really young age as well. So I'm sure you've done many floats over the years. Is there a particular float that you were really proud of or thought that looked really, really cool once it was finished? So uh, I, I started working for the float builder about the age of 12. Um, so I've seen a, quite a few of them. You know, the thing I, I, I wouldn't say any of them were necessarily cooler than the other. Uh, the thing about a lot of the float builders are, is, um, you know, it, it, it's about a half a million dollars to build a float, uh, if not more or a little less. Um, you know, so they're rather than than tearing down the entire metal structure from the to, to the studs, you know, to the wheelbase and, and rebuilding, they do tend to use a lot of um, parts off old floats on new floats. So you see a lot of recycled stuff. Uh, it doesn't make it any less neat, but. You know, once you start working there for eight years and you, you're seeing uh, similarities between floats, I would say that, um, yeah, you, the, the awe is kind of worn out a little bit. I think that the thing that that is most clear in my mind as far as a uh, neat float that I really look back on is, I want to say it's actually 2000 or 2001, and I was actually just a parade participant then, but they reused this figure uh, years and years later. Um, it was a Honda float, I believe. And it was the rocket man. Oh. And the whole purpose of the rocket man was, you know, it was a, all these things are hydraulically actuated um, because they need to fit under a bridge at the end of the parade. So they shrink down and they move up, but the rocket man was laying down on his stomach and as soon as he turned around the corner uh, where the TVs are, he was supposed to lift up. Um, and so the hydraulics were supposed to actuate up. And, you know, it'd be this 50 foot tall person um, that was with like jetpacks on his back and all this stuff. And it was supposed to have flames coming out, I think. And you know, that really stuck out in my mind. Uh, we reused that person a few times on on the float I was working on for Mother Nature. Uh, there was a Indigenous American um, float years later, um, but the figure was reused over and over. Uh, I think the process in making it is is just a blast, and I could talk to you for that for hours as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll <laughs> I'll let you get on to whatever the next question is. Oh, no worries at all. That sounds perfect. I mean, I'd imagine that the whole process has to be, you know, it, it takes a lot of hours to to do. And as you mentioned, really expensive, which is crazy to think that it costs that much for just one float. And then how many floats on average are there during the parade itself? There's, um, I believe, about 40 units usually, typically. Oh. Yeah, that's so, so insane. Like a lot of the efforts that has to go into each individual float. So, I mean, all of them look fantastic and great, but it's cool just to hear that experience about what was more, what was really meaningful for you. 
Yeah. And then you, earlier you had also touched on you know the whole thing being kind of like a family affair, which is really cool to me. Uh, you know, as I was preparing for this uh, podcast, you know, I I was just randomly searching YouTube clips to see if there uh -huh. was any footage of your family on the parade, and sure enough, there is. So I found the cool. <laughs> But uh, it's not from like the the traditional KTLA broadcast. It's actually it's Will, uh, Ferrell. From, Will Ferrell, yeah, Will Ferrell and Molly, yep. uh, Molly Shannon from SNL. They they get to call out to your dad. It's really funny. So I want to go ahead and uh, share that clip with you here. A float to travel underneath freeway bridges and power lines along the parade route. Yes, and that's for everyone's safety. Exactly. We've seen some accidents over the years, and it's nothing we should dwell on. But they have been nasty. Woo! <laughs> yeah. We've sent some real doozies. Oh gosh, oh gosh, this is big. Here we go. Woo, I can hardly breathe. <sighs> That's right, Cord. It's the 2018 Tournament of Roses president, Lance Tibbet. There he is, Lance Tibbet, before my very eyes. He's right there, Cord. Oh. Lance Tibbet. There's Lance Tibbet. Hi, Should Lance. we give him a wave? Yes, I'm going to leave it. Wave it, Lance Tibbet. Lance, up here. Lance. Hey, Lance. Lance. I'm waving at Lance Tibbet. Hi, Lance. Hi, Lance. Can he see us? Lance. <laughs> Lance, Lance. Tibbet. Lance, he can't hear us. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, that's that's so awesome to me and cool. Like, so for for those, unfortunately, you don't get to see the audio, the visual clip, but you get to see in that uh, clip there that Joel is riding in the head car with his dad, his whole family, and it's just so funny to me. Will Ferrell like screaming at your dad <laughs> that your Will Ferrell knows your dad's name. That's actually a cool thing too. <laughs> uh, yep. Right. Yeah. yeah so, he, uh, oh, go ahead, Joel. I apologize. Go ahead. So, no, no. He. Uh, he. Uh, so I have a. Uh, I think it's funny or die is uh Will Ferrell's company, right? The, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I he gave my dad a t-shirt and I have that t-shirt still to this day. So Oh, um, so your dad you actually know. got to meet Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah, he oh. actually got to meet Will Ferrell. The, I think that was pro probably one of the cooler things of uh him being president was uh, you know, the number of people he got to meet um throughout the year. And you know, just off the top of my head, um you know, Will Ferrell being one of them, uh, one of the bigger uh, names. But, um, you know, I just wanted to toss in Mark Hamill as well. Oh, uh, cool. he got to got to meet him. So, you know, that was that was exciting for us. Um, yeah. But yeah, like you, something I heard in Mike's podcast that I really wanted to bring up was, uh, you know, Mike didn't get to meet Pele, but uh, my grandpa always spoke highly um of his years in the tournament he was the driver for pele oh. uh, back when he was grand marshal uh -huh. so you know um yeah you, you do get to meet a bunch of cool interesting people um you know grand marshals especially i get to meet buzz aldrin back in the day when he was grand marshal and uh yeah it's just a bunch of neat people that come along so yeah very cool yeah and again just to, to reiterate just a really cool for me just to see that that audio that clip of you <laughs> family all together just smiling waving to the crowd having a blast uh so i'm sure that that day must have been a really special day for you for you and your family yeah absolutely i'm, I'm pretty sure that's one of my uh, my wife who's now a uh, tournament member as well uh one of her favorite uh clips is uh when will ferrell says i uh, no one wears a red a red jacket better than lance tibbet <laughs> <laughs> so oh. 
I wanted to yeah. ask you about the uh, the attire too. So for you, I mean, again, obviously for those who are listening to the clip, you didn't get to see it, but Joel is wearing a really snazzy, really cool like white suit with a red sleek tie. <laughs> uh, how does the color scheme work? I mean, was it specifically chosen by the tournament to wear that particular like uh, uh, suit? Yes, we have a very very strict uh, uh, you know uh, dress code uh, for the day of the parade. Uh-huh. You get really like four options um so as a as a male um you would get oh a suit and tie and those that's that's you know you have to wear white suit with a white coat white shirt white pants white socks white tennis shoes or shoes they have to be all white you can't have gum sole shoes or black sole or you know any other color um and then for uh females you have to wear you can wear, um, you know, a, a coat, a shirt. You can wear a skirt uh, or slacks, um, and then you can wear a scarf rather than a tie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your other option is uh, a coveralls um, that you will see members in coveralls, and those are for working members where, like. Uh, the, you know, the pooper scoopers are people running down the parade route that actually, you know, might get dirty. Um, <laughs> so those are really the only options we have to wear on the first. The only other option is if you're president, you get to wear a uh, red coat um, and then you get to wear that forever more as long as you're alive after presidency. Um, but every other member uh, does just has to show up in a white white suit. So. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it was great just to see you really dressed up and checked out. It was really awesome to see that. And yeah, I just can't reiterate just how much, it, how happy it makes me to see your family doing well and happy in the parade like that. And, you know, special shout out to the, the pooper scoopers, you know, I guess you can't have a parade without the horses and you can't tell the horses when to do their business. They're going to do it whenever they want to. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a, so it used to be a Maranatha crew that, uh, you know, wanted to do it every single year. And then uh, I think three or four years ago, they stopped doing it. Now we just have, um, you know, volunteers that there's a waiting list uh, to get in and it's like three years (laughs) deep. So, you know, people love doing it. They always get shout outs and cheers and whatnot while they're walking down the route. So they have a blast. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's another part of the parade. Very cool, man. So, uh, so what does the parade future hold for you? I mean, you mentioned you're you're in the the committee now, right? Or you're part of the organization. So, what what yes. would you be doing for the future? I mean, continuing to just help and assist however they need you to. Do you have aspirations to someday be president? I don't know if that's ob- obviously up to you. I guess it's selected through a committee, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's very um, it's very it's very political. Um, yeah, there's so there's 935 volunteers, right? So, uh, you know, your your likelihood, statistic, um, probability of becoming president is is pretty slim, right? Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I I don't know. I I lived the presidency through my dad. Uh, I got to enjoy all the good parts of it without having to do any of the work. So <laughs> I tell tell a lot of the uh, the vol- other volunteers who say, "Oh, you must want to be president too," you know. Uh, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't care less, but um, you know I I've I've gotten my time in the uh, in the light, like the limelight. So 
I don't exactly need it again. Um, I really joined the tournament for the community. Um, you know, there's like tonight, I went out and I watched the national championship game with um, a lot of friends from the tournament. Uh, we go out, we, we go golfing, we go bowling, uh, we go out dinner. We do, we do a lot with each other. Uh, you know, one of my better friends, um, we go camping together and whatnot from the tournament. So his wife joined too, the same year my wife joined. Uh, his daughter is currently a student ambassador. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot about the community. Um, and I don't really have a say in where I go uh, in the coming years. Um, the first three years or first six years for everybody is the exact same committees. Um, you serve on probably the hardest, most laborious committees. Uh, if you can make it through that, uh, they start sticking you on other committees. Uh, it's it's a random selection process. Uh, so I really don't have much of a say in what might happen to me. Um, you know, but I would like I would like to eventually get into some leadership um, positions. Uh, you get the cool car, <laughs> you know, the, the the Rose Parade car, right? Um, which uh, those are funny to me because, you know, here we live in a bubble in LA where everybody uh, who has anything to do with the tournament knows exactly what those cars are, right? We, we grew up, uh, you know, working with Mike and, and whatever. And so we've seen uh, that car every single year in, year out. Um, but then you, you go a little out of the way. I know one of the members was in Los Angeles on the ten. And a CHP officer pulled her over and said, like, what is this? Is this like, is this a, a legal vehicle? Like what, what, what's the deal with it? You know? So it's, it's just kind of crazy to me that like, yeah, we live down here. We think, you know, the tournament is life. We, you know, everyone knows it, but then yeah, some, some people have no idea what it's about. So, um, but yeah, anyway, a little uh, off topic there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I if I was to be president one day, I think that'd be a blast. Uh, but I'm not. I'm definitely not vying for it. So um, you know, I I'd like to see all the different ins and outs of the, of the the tournament. There's so many things to see. You know, I just went through the equestrian, uh, the horses, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I've been on a float construction committee, so I got to see the floats getting made, testing them, making sure they were safe to go down the five mile route. Um, you know, I've been on post parade where the floats are shown after the parade and uh, parade operations where we are the ones in charge of actually making sure all the units, the horses, the bands, the floats are going down the parade in order and, you know, not catching fire and all that. Um, so, you know, there's plenty of things. There's music still. Uh, there's university entertainment. Uh, there's heritage committee. Heritage is just you get to learn about, you know, the history of the parade. You get to learn about the history of the, the tournament house. And then you can do tours and tell people about it. I think that would be a blast. You know, the, but there's there's 30, 31 or 32 committees in all. And I've only been, I've only touched uh, five of them so far. So, you know, I, I have quite a bit to see still in the tournament. And I'd like to see all of it, so. Well, you're definitely young enough to, to see it all. So hopefully you have many years ahead of you of uh, enjoying 
participating in the parade, putting, helping, putting on, seeing the ins and outs. So very cool. Very good stuff, Joel. Uh, did you have anything else about the parade that you wanted to bring up? Um, no, no, I, I think, I think the only thing that, you know, it's, uh, moving forward, um, you know, the PAC 12 was dissolved this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the parade, I think something people, you know, people listening to this may not know is that the parade relies heavily on, uh, the financial assistance of the, the Rose Bowl game at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so we moving forward without a, uh, a football, um, conference, to rely on bringing about money and bringing about a large, you know, crowd of people to come in every year. Uh, there's a little bit of uncertainty of, of where, you know, the Rose Parade's uh, financial situation sits, um, you know, and I don't, I don't want to get too deep into any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it, it will be interesting moving forward, how the parade can develop a, uh, hopefully a new, you know, more innovative uh, foundation on the parade itself and make the parade more interesting. Uh, You know, for me personally, I've been watching the parade for 30 plus years. Uh, I'd love to see a float that actually floats. I'd love to see some innovation and, you know, some of these, you know, they're, they're neat, but um, you know, I think Cal Poly, the, both the Cal Poly um, universities put on a float uh, Honda, Disney, they all have um, a, a decent amount of money that that would allow them to innovate uh, the parade process, um, you know, and and it would be it would be fun to see some new stuff in there. So I think people could get behind that. And I think, uh, you know, it, it would be it'd be enjoyable. So hopefully in the next decade or so, we, we get to see some different things pop up, some, you know, maybe uh augmented reality with the parade or you know something innovative that that allows the new generation to be uh intrigued by it just like we we were growing up and uh hopefully yeah some new technology comes along oh absolutely yeah yeah i'm sure it will so i'll be really excited (laughs) to see what what happens in the future with the parade uh so to wrap up our conversation tonight let's go ahead and talk about the peshmo day in la city decided to honor the band because i mean we angelinos the citizens of la we love the Mode so much uh so does new york apparently which is kind of cool to hear from uh dave and martin's comments uh you were lucky enough to get to attend which is really really cool uh for me i was stuck with a sick kid i remember that day just thinking (laughs) i wasn't working but i had to stay home with my sick kid (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's still really cool nice gesture that the city would offer that to the Pesh Mode. Uh, December 13th, though, is kind of an odd day. Uh, I guess, obviously, because the band was in town, they decided to do it then. Personally, I thought, I think that June 18th would be a more fitting day, the day of the, the Rose Bowl uh, concert. But 
Uh, regardless, yeah. so it's still really cool that the city decided to honor the band. Uh, can you share of your experience? I know you said just off off the recording that it was uh, maybe a little bit of a letdown, but if you could just still at least just share your experience of uh, how that day went down for you. Yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, it was, it was, it was fun because it was interesting to see so many people show up. Um, you know, on on a work day, it was a Tuesday or Wednesday, I believe. I so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it was interesting to see how many people showed up for it. Um, you know, and it, it, a lot of Depeche Mode fans, right? Everyone had their Depeche Mode stuff on. Um, I personally was thinking that a cool day would have been uh, April 13th, um, just like uh, Disneyland's uh, address is 1313 because the Mickey Mouse uh, is MM and the 13th mm -hmm. letter of the alphabet is M. Mm -hmm. uh depeche mode is 413 right I, oh. I think that would have been a neat little nod yeah. to them or something like that but um you know yeah you got to do it when they're in town and mm -hmm. you could get it so I, I think it was neat that that we even have a depeche mode day mm -hmm. uh you know how many bands have a day in la so um it was it was neat to see you know i'm glad dave dave and his whole family came out his daughter his son and his wife were all there um and then you know martin martin uh talked more than dave i would say during the whole process um and it was interesting because they they talked about how la really uh you know if you've seen i think we talked about this in one of the, our, our other podcasts if you've seen some of their interviews um they talk about how pasadena was the reinvigorating point for them uh, when they didn't think America liked them and then they came to the Rose Bowl and and they saw the sellout uh, you know 90 plus thousand people and that's what Dave said claims or I believe it was Fletch um, said you know we we kind of realized they actually liked us um, but it was weird in LA because Martin referenced something and if you pull up the audio later here um, Martin references something where he says, you know, we weren't sure America liked us, uh, but LA like reinvigorated it or LA kind of, so, you know, it was, it was, it was weird because I think they knew Pasadena is Los Angeles County, mm -hmm. but it's not Los Angeles. So, you know, they were trying to say something, but yeah, it was, it was uh it was just them saying thanks but yeah I, I think it was a good it was a good time i think they enjoyed it they liked it that they thought it was cool that they got to come to la and and get a day but i think it was a little bittersweet uh you know since it's the two of the i mean I, there's there's five members right overall over mm -hmm. time and yeah only two of them are still there to accept this graciousness so oh yeah, yeah absolutely so what you mentioned earlier about the audio clip let's go ahead and bring it up now so this is uh uh mark martin gore and dave gahan accepting uh on behalf of the band the the prestigious uh i guess award for depeche mode day in la Well, <laughs> this is incredible. 
We would like to thank Councilwoman Rodriguez for this momentous occasion, for this DM day. <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying that, ever. <laughs> um, but thank you for all coming. It's uh, very nice of you to turn up. But we've always had a very uh, special relationship with Los Angeles. It was really, you know, Los Angeles and New York uh, were the springboards, really, for our career in America. And, yeah, we had a lot of support from K-Rock in the early days. Richard, who's here today, obviously. And the first ever stadium we ever played uh, headlining was here in Los Angeles. So another big part of our history, uh, the, the warehouse fiasco. <laughs> Which, yeah, sorry we didn't sign the records, but, but thank you, it helped our career a lot because we made nationwide news. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you everyone. We are very, very honored. We, you know, we are, yeah, we, we humbly accept DM Day. <laughs> thank you. And I just wanted to add, uh, thank you very much as well. Um, and I, I could have done with this kind of support in the early 90s as well. It would have been very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> so there you go. Really, really cool stuff. I mean, uh, in that short just clip of them accepting uh, the, I guess, uh, award uh, for for the festival day in LA for December thirteenth, uh, they they bring up several topics which I think are really interesting to bring up, like the fact that uh, you know LA and New York were the two major U.S. cities to really embrace the band. Uh, K Rock was obviously very influential in getting them on the airwaves. Richard Blade probably most responsible for playing their music as, as you know, huge fan of like that style of a uh, new wave uh, from that era of the eighties. So it, it was great to hear all that. And then just for, for Martin to bring up the, the warehouse incident, which again, uh, I guess no, no, no press, no publicity is bad publicity, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, uh, that, that one was a, uh, I think that was the first time I heard about that event. Uh, you know, I had to look into that. Um, you know, ha wasn't even alive at the time, honestly. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of kind of neat to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you don't really get things like that anymore because I mean, record stores are just few and far between. You got your independent stores, but uh, uh, Amoeba being the biggest one here in LA. But I mean, as far as like you know, major bands coming in, where like thousands of people are rushing in because they're dying to see their favorite bands and artists come out. Uh, yeah, so it's a it's it's a it's a cool story to read about. In fact, I, Richard Blade wrote about it in his book. I thought it was really fascinating and great. But but again, it just shows just how much we, the city's citizens of LA, really really love this band and appreciate the fact that they're still making music and rocking out and touring all over the world, which is really great. Yeah, and I'm glad they are. So I, I you know, I 
<laughs> I know that time will come to an end eventually, just like all great things, but, uh, you know, well, well, we can get it. I appreciate them out there still, still making music and still touring. Very cool. Yeah. And again, I'm so jealous that you're able to be there, even if it was just for like a few minutes of them accepting <laughs> the award, but then you got to be there in person and see them up close. Well, that's been really cool for you. You know, of course, Dave took off his coat, and, uh, you know, was wearing his signature uh, tank top. So <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a neat, neat, uh, you know, he did his little hip gyrations for a moment. So uh, <laughs> it was it was classic Depeche Mode for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear, man. Good to hear. Uh, cool. Well, that was pretty much all the talking points I had for tonight, Joel. Was there anything else you wanted to bring up before we wrap up? No, no. I, uh, you know, I'm, I I could talk about Pasadena and uh, and the Tournament of Roses and and uh, I'm sure Depeche Mode I could I could talk about maybe not in depth, but I could talk about forever. So oh. <laughs> you know, I'll, uh, I'll leave it with that and, uh, until next time. Okay, very cool. Yeah, there'll definitely be more opportunities to talk about the best mode in the future. But uh, but yeah, this was really great. And again, I think it was very timely to talk about and reflect on the Rose Parade, which just took place. Again, uh, always fun to hear fascinating facts about the parade, all the care and work that goes into it. And just it's become just a L.A. institution. Just as the band Depeche Mode, just an LA institution as well, considering the massive fan base that's here for the band still. Uh, yeah. So awesome. Okay, if there's nothing else, we'll go ahead and wrap up. But Joel, thank you again for joining me on the Casting for Fun podcast. I'm looking to have you back on very soon. Uh, maybe even do an album review, which I've kind of been incorporating into the show now. So, Okay, yeah, absolutely. Let me know. Okay, thanks, Joel. You've been listening to the Casting for Fun podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye.